Coffee for me? Yeah, lovely. Have any of you watched Love Island? No. What do we look like? This is my friend, Joyce. Wouldn't it be better to have like Ireland? I'd be like, it's a lovely day, isn't it lovely? Would you like a bit of cake? Oh, that's lovely. Lovely Ireland. The first time I heard her, she was on the radio. Just don't put them in robes. Don't she used to review movies. And in the Bronx, slapping someone around for a late payment. It's just and do you know the way you imagine how someone looks from just hearing their voice? It's just out of place here. And he keeps looming into the picture. Very important figure. Obviously. I pictured her as being very petite, very lively and having a brunette bob. Think of myself as blonde, but I haven't got blonde hair. Isn't that very odd? Joyce is 55 and has short grey hair, glasses and hazel eyes. She's talented and really funny. This is a little known Inuit song. The kind of person you'd want at your party. Suffering from me rock and roll now. My fingers are bleeding. Bernie has been friends with Joyce for years. I'd never met anyone so funny, opinionated, intelligent, just really, really good company. And ten years later, you know, I can still say she makes me laugh. We get on like a house on fire. Bernie and Joyce are housemates. As somebody said to us once, you're like a couple, but you're just not a romantic couple. You live together and you support each other and... I thought, yeah, that's, that's a really good description because she's definitely my soul sister. There's another part to Joyce that I haven't mentioned. I, I find it difficult to tell you about me because I feel like I'm only living a half-life. You see, when I did meet her after hearing her on the radio, she didn't look anything like I'd imagined. This is a, a catalogue company that I get large sizes from. She was really funny, but she wasn't petite. Yeah, that's really nice, isn't it? Anything shirty and loose... I like. Joyce has been overweight all of her life. In this catalogue, most of the sizes are right up to 32, and in some cases 34, 36, which is great. Um, A lot of my stuff is 32. She's now obese. Morbidly obese, isn't that the phrase? And morbidly is the important word here. Joyce's weight could be killing her. It's May 2016, and Joyce may be on a path to radical, life-changing surgery. I'm going to follow her over the next couple of years and she's going to record herself too. A testing, wouldn't you, wouldn't you, wouldn't you? Day six of coping with Emer. Part 64. <laughs> Two years in the life of someone living inside an obese body. Having to buy size 32 clothes is one thing, but far more complicated is the dramatic halt that obesity has put on Joyce's life. I had a pretty full life up to about five years ago. I was a theatre practitioner, director, sometime actor, enjoyed a fairly large circle of friends. I'm pretty outgoing, but none of that is really relevant to me today. Mostly friends come and visit me because I can't drive anymore. Do you want to tell me how much you weigh? No. Why not? Don't know. Well, we put it in as a cliffhanger. <laughs> Tune in next week, folks, and find out what fatty weighs. I don't mind telling you what I weigh. Mm. I mind telling that fuzzy yoke you're holding under me nose what I weigh. Because it's telling the people of Ireland, and I don't want them to know what I weigh, because they'll go, think what you'd get in the way of cattle for the same weight. Given that you're on radio and nobody is looking at you, Mm -hmm. why does it matter? Because I think they'll think that my bum sounds big in this documentary.
Joyce isn't tall. She's about five foot one. And when you go to give her a hug, you hug her around her shoulders because you can't get your arms around her body. I avoid looking at myself in the mirror. I don't like the truth that lies in there. Her legs are huge and often swollen with fluid retention to two or three times the size of a normal leg. Her physio breaks out in a sweat when she's lifting them. She doesn't really have ankles anymore. When I go somewhere new, I'm thinking there are people who look at me and think she should lose some weight. She's a burden on the state. Finding somewhere comfortable to sit is a constant challenge for Joyce and something that can make her panic. Oh dear. She just doesn't fit into a normal armchair and would be anxious about sitting down on anything flimsy. Joyce has a stick, sometimes two, and can't walk far without needing to stop. I was sitting in a car the other day, watching people toing and froing outside the shopping centre. And I realised that I envied them. And then it made me think about the thing I love to do, always love to do, was walk on a beach. Getting out of the car, rolling up the trousers and paddling in that lovely, cold, salty sea. I miss that. But not being able to walk on the beach is minor when you consider the other impacts Joyce's weight has on her life, and particularly on her health. She's a long list of disabilities, for example, lymphedema, borderline diabetes, sleep apnea, and most significantly, painful arthritis. Uh, My knee has gone out again. It's developed over the past five years and has really caused her weight to balloon. She's gained almost six stone in that time. I'll try standing on it again. Oh. Oh. Oh, I can't straighten it. I'll hobble into the kitchen, I think, is the best thing. Joyce has been on the waiting list for six years for the National Weight Management Service, based in Lachlanstown in Dublin. This is my biggest chance to find my way back to normal. The first visit to Lachlanstown is on a lovely May morning. It's the first of nine sessions. We're not recording in the hospital because of privacy issues, but when she tells me about it afterwards, it seems like something has dawned on her. We pulled up near to the building. A car was stopped in front of us and a very large man was struggling to get out of the back of the car. He had two crutches and my head reeled a little bit because I realised there were two more very, very large people, one in a wheelchair and the other struggling, but walking. And the difficulty I had was coming to terms with the fact that I was just like them. In my head, you know, I have more trouble walking than I used to, but I'm kind of how I was when I was maybe 10 or 11 stone and not the weight I am now. It was kind of a shock. The clinic programme will help Joyce to change the way she deals with food. There will be advice on her diet and there's psychological support. There are movement classes, and there'll be meetings with the medical team. I'm just going to try to get your gait, which shows you the different types of operation. Weight-reducing surgery is mentioned as well. Esophagus, stomach, duodenum. It's commonly known as bariatric or gastric band surgery. It's not minor surgery. It reduces the size of your stomach and the amount you can eat, and it's discussed as a last resort. I need to think about whether it's a good idea to do that. Right. It's really important to understand the risks that can happen with these things. Mm. They do, they share a little risk to your life. It's probably about one in 500. But Joyce has decided that something has to change and this surgery might be right for her. There's nobody out there 
that's obese and wants to be like that. Over the next few years, she'll have time to think about it. But Bernie hopes she can avoid it. She'll never be able to eat again and enjoy food if she goes the surgery route. It probably sounds like the simplest thing to do. Simply eat less and move a little bit more. But I think that there is a certain addiction to this. The problem is you don't have to encounter drugs or alcohol every single day in your life. You have to eat or you die. Therefore, I have to deal with it every single mealtime. Every single time I feel hungry, I've got to battle that. Even if Joyce decides that surgery is something she wants to do, there's no guarantee that she'll be a candidate for it with all of her health problems. And even if the doctors give it the go-ahead, there's a long waiting list, usually between four and nine years, for people needing this kind of surgery. And that's a long time for someone like Joyce. It's Joyce's 56th birthday and time for cake. Death by chocolate. Or Rocky Road. Yeah, everybody loves cake. Pineapple upside down cake. Gorgeous. Orange drizzle cake. Oh my God. As it happens, cake isn't Joyce's weakness. But overeating is. I know what's good for me. I know what's not good for me if I eat it in large quantities. So I'm not a mug. I know what I'm doing is wrong. I just prefer to eat the wrong stuff. I'm not shocked or appalled that I'm overweight. If we're in a restaurant, Joyce will always order the deep-fried, high-calorie options and push the salad to one side. For me, food is pleasurable. I love to cook. I love to feed people. I love to feed myself. Bernie didn't know Joyce when she was young, but as her closest friend, she knows about her issues with food. Goes right back to food as an expression of love. Her mum was so busy when she was little that the only attention Joyce really got was when her mum would cook or something. And it was always the treat-type food, like the bread-fried and turkey-dripping and all of those really high-fat comfort foods Joyce associates with love and with showing herself love. Ready? It's not always so easy to say no to food when it's everywhere. Right, let's go. Joyce doesn't often go out, but after a good bit of persuasion and planning, we finally get to go to the cinema. It's taken me most of today to get my head right to go outside the door. I haven't been to the cinema. It's probably about four years, and that kills me. And of course, at the cinema, you can't avoid supersizing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Enjoy. Right, what are you having? Popcorn? Ben and Jerry's? I think I might have a drink. Mm-hmm. Can we get a popcorn and a diet Coke, Joyce, is yeah. it? It's going to be cheaper to get either a second popcorn, a nachos or a hot dog because you're getting two drinks on one side, basically. Yeah. Get a second popcorn. Second Will popcorn. you have one? No, thanks. Oh, no. We'll just just do what we want, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Diet Coke and Fanta. I'm just going to say just one... See, if you see the price over here, because of how we do our deals, it's the exact same price to get two large drinks and two large popcorns. Yeah, but we don't want them. I really yeah. don't want them. <laughs> <laughs> thanks anyway. Are you sure you don't want the second one? Like, Positive. You can come back for one room if you can. Thanks. Thanks very much. Four weeks later, at the beginning of June, and Joyce is back from her second visit to the clinic. Having a bagel. Starving. She was told to fast from midnight for tests, so she's hungry. When did you last have something to eat? You didn't eat this morning, you were fasting. It is three years since my last confession. No, I, um, I didn't have anything to eat since last night. 
But I thought you said you had an apple. I did have an apple. See, I lie all the time. It goes with the territory. More that I can't remember what I've just eaten. And what about that protein bar? Ah, uh, here, what's this? <laughs> Bagel eaten and Joyce is ready to debrief. She did a fitness test and it did shine a light on just how immobile she is. The task is to walk for six minutes. I was very out of breath. I was in a lot of pain. My right leg became numb. It went cold. I had a pain going up my back. And she said, would it help to lean for a little while on a wall? And I did that for a little while. And then I thought, this looks really bad. Anyway, I managed out of the six minutes to do three. So I was like, ow. Bum, you know, surely I could have done better than that, but I actually couldn't have at this stage. Not being able to move around normally has an enormous impact on Joyce's life and there's a knock-on effect for Bernie. It's really distressing for her to watch her friends suffer. I feel very sad for Joyce. There are a lot of things that we can no longer do together that we used to enjoy. We went to the Gate Theatre the other day and Joyce spent the whole hour and a half of the production leaning forward on the edge of the seat with her arms folded on the back of the seat in front because she couldn't sit comfortably in the chair. And then other times I get frustrated because I'm ready to go somewhere and she's not ready and she takes her so long to get ready because she's to deal with so many things and then we're invariably late or we ring whoever we're meeting and we make some excuse and we don't go. It's not as if Joyce has never tried to lose weight. She's a long and checkered history of joining gyms and slimming clubs. Lost tranches of weight up to four or five stone. But once the gung-ho attitude slipped and I wouldn't just go hell for leather and you know move into a chipper it would gradually go back on and invariably I'd put on an extra stone, maybe two. But about 10 years ago, I stopped trying. On those days when you feel lowest and the idea of a curry or a bar of chocolate watching the deli with the feet up, it doesn't seem like the greatest sin in the world. It's not scurrying off with a bottle of gin under your arm, wrecking the joint afterwards. It doesn't seem to harm anybody except you. And you don't even see it as harmful because it's comforting. Even when Joyce was in what she thought was good shape, it was often not good enough for other people. In her early 20s, she was on a holiday in Turkey with a gang of girls. I lost four stone going to the gym, doing loads of weights and everything. And I was sitting at the pool one day, feeling really good about myself, lovely tan, and splashing the legs in the water. They were having a bit of fun fixing up the girls with the waiters. As someone said, what about Joyce? And there was kind of a, a little bit of an awkward moment went, yeah. And I turned around and I said, I didn't hear who you assigned for me out of the waiting stuff. And it was like, well... Uh, kind of embarrassed and they're all looking at one another and and I was like what and they didn't quite know how to say it won't be happening girl look at you I was crushed and I have to admit getting up and going off with my towel and people saying come back come back and I went back to the room and I got into the shower and I cried and cried and cried and thought am I ever going to be acceptable 
and I just kind of gave up. So here I am back again. Do you know any waiters? <laughs> but you did go out with people. I did, of course. Yeah. I did snog a waiter, actually. <laughs> Joyce is single. I have to say, sometimes the first thing that fleets across your mind is, is this for a dare? What's the catch? You go out on a date and you find out it's okay or whatever. But those relationships have failed because... I suppose to quote Groucho Marx, I haven't wanted to be a member of any club who'd have me as a member. It's like, what's wrong with them if they want me? Being friends with Joyce has enabled Bernie to deal with an attitude that she's had since childhood. I've always found fat to be ugly and unacceptable and I hate fat on my own body and I notice it on other people and I think that's conditioning. When we were kids, it was acceptable to call somebody fatty. Some of the books that I read as a kid were Billy and Bessie Bunter. The fun in those books was poking fun at the fat, stupid kid because fat equals stupid. When you think about that now, that's appalling. There are three visits to Lachlanstown during the summer and with the support of the team there, Joyce begins to make small but significant changes to what she eats. One particular evening I was sitting having a big bowl of salad with celery in it and tomatoes and nice crunchy stuff and I felt good after it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> no, I really am amazed because yeah, I, I have never heard you express anything but derision about salad and <laughs> definitely lettuce. I'm never going to like lettuce, OK? You're going to have to face that one. You're just going to have to get over it. I'm not, I, not a fan of lettuce, OK? Why are we talking about lettuce? She has lost weight. Five kilograms. I don't know what that is in old money. Eight pounds, ten pounds. Yeah, something like that. That's a lot. But then the weight loss seems to plateau. She's not exercising and she hasn't attended the movement class at the clinic. And I now realise that the movement side of the battle for me is going to be the win or lose scenario. I'm going to have to force myself to exercise despite pain. But this month, just getting up off the chair was extremely painful. And the only reason I did it is because I needed to go to the toilet or I needed to get up to bed. And that's why... I've gained so much weight in the last four years. Apparently sitting still is the real killer. And at her fifth weigh-in, six months in, she's very disappointed. Having eaten relatively healthy by comparison, I haven't lost anything. I really thought that I would see a difference and I didn't. In November, she comes home from Lachlanstown with a box of needles. It's just a very fine little needle. Joyce is injecting herself with a drug prescribed at the clinic. Go in here, my upper arm. So I'm just stick it in there and then press. It's called Victosa and it's used to control diabetes, but it also has the effect of suppressing appetite. And that's it. Out comes. Four weeks later, by December, it's clear that the Victosa is doing what it's meant to do. There are days when I just feel like a bonus area. I just don't want to eat anything. The plan is to gradually increase Victosa week by week. As Joyce does that, she does eat less, but the higher dose makes her feel sick. As the man just said in the radio, it's seven minutes past seven. 
not a good night for Joycey. I know I need to eat, but I could not. I have never felt so tremendously the impact of my weight. I really do feel I'm being crushed by the weight of me. I'm not so sure how much of this pain and feeling really ill. This is, I'm going to start throwing up now. And there isn't anything in my stomach. Anyway, for now I'll stop whinging and get on with it. Because this is where I wanted to be, isn't it? So, uh, out for now. Joyce has been asked to keep a food diary. And at her next visit to Lachlanstown, she looks at it with Ruth, the psychiatrist. So when would you eat due to stress, boredom, loneliness, frustration, any negative emotion? She's probing the reasons for Joyce's overeating. She said, I might as well be very honest, a good deal of overweight people have issues from childhood. Physical abuse, emotional abuse, not feeling loved. There's always something there that connects in with the eating. Eating is the first form of protest. Babies decide whether or not they'll eat. It's the first form of control that we have over our lives. Finding out why you're eating what you're eating, it's half the battle. There is a possible why in Joyce's childhood. I don't want to go into detail, but I was sexually abused as a child. And I don't remember when it started. Four, five, possibly as young as three. I can remember knowing immediately that it was wrong, what he was doing. He'd show up on the spur of the moment, offer to babysit. I dreaded seeing him come in. Connecting the childhood abuse she experienced to her adult obesity is a major step for Joyce. I went to counselling when I was in my 30s, which helped me to identify with that little girl who used to hide behind the bathroom door. And then he started to get cute and go to the loo before my parents would leave and take the key, put it in his pocket, because it was the only door in the house that could be locked. It's only now that I realise he must have been saying stuff as well as doing stuff. And I can't actually remember the words that were said to me by my abuser, but one of the impacts of that have to have been that I was left with a low self-esteem, even as a child. To see Joyce in action, you mightn't associate her with low self-esteem. Hello, hi Gary, happy Christmas. Every year, Joyce has a party around Christmas time. <laughs> How are you, darling? Lovely to see you. Is that what I think it is, a magnum of champagne who brought that? How lovely. Have you noticed my weight loss or...? Yeah, you have noticed. <laughs> 18 kilos. I came off the Victoza, though, because I'm so sick. Now, nausea is probably one of the reasons why I've lost 18 kilos, but... I'm carving the roast beef. It's after shrinking the big bastard. <laughs> it looks nice, doesn't it? She might seem to be coping, but in fact she's in a lot of pain and working in the kitchen is a major challenge for her. Just a pain at my hip over so I just got if I sit down for a minute, just give my painkillers a chance to work. To quote the cliche, friends of the family we choose for ourselves, you know, and yeah, friends, friends are everything to Joyce. How are you doing? 
with Christmas over, Joyce is back focusing on the programme. Thank you very much. And in January 2017, she's back in Lachlanstown. And she's lighter. I'll have my jeans on today. Yay! Which I haven't had on in, I'd say, two years. Been wearing just tracksuit bottoms and leggings and stuff. Joyce is meeting the psychiatrist, Ruth. Your mood was low because you're housebound and mm. you're a bit of a shut-in and you had been used to a very active life. Yeah. And getting involved in lots of things. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't a sport bunny or anything but I would have been very busy yes and they talk about why she doesn't go out I realized I don't go out because I fear being ridiculed it can be as simple as somebody sniggering when you're all dressed up and your best guna and you get up from the table in the restaurant and you pass another table with people at it and somebody nudges someone beside them looking at you and has a snigger If you catch that, it'll be hurtful. And the chances are they probably are laughing at you because you're so fat. It's not committing a crime, being overweight. There's enough happening to us as it is without somebody adding to that. And for what? 15, 20 seconds of a giggle for somebody? But it lasts much longer in the hearts and minds of people who suffer that ridicule. For Bernie, Joyce's reclusiveness is a loss for everyone. Like a wave a magic wand, I would go back five or six years and get my friend back. Because everyone who meets her just loves her. She has such a huge energy and intellect and capacity for fun and creativity. It's being wasted. Maybe I'm developing some kind of agoraphobia, becoming phobic about going out. There are times I feel I'm just a useless lump sitting at the kitchen table every day with no purpose. So what is the point? And if I don't have a chance at a normal life, you know, I don't want to think where that might leave me. This is life or death for me. June 2017, and Joyce has been on the programme for a year now. Bernie is driving her to Lachlanstown. She's feeling pretty low. The weight she lost on Victosa has more or less come back on. She's not any more mobile, and she's feeling stuck. On the M50 now, I have a lot in my mind in terms of Lachlanstown. I feel like I'm going nowhere. I, I guess I want to question what happens now. She talks to the psychiatrist Ruth again. By the time I got to see the psychiatrist in, I was kind of tearful, you know, said I felt very frustrated with the programme, very frustrated with my life. And they talk about the possibility of weight-reducing surgery. What did you say when you came first about surgery? I have mixed feelings about it. That's all you should. It's major. Um... Under a general anaesthetic, the surgeon reduces the size of the stomach to either a tube or a small pouch, which means that you can only eat a small amount of food before you feel full. Uh, My my real anxiety is about the surgery itself and and obviously the after effects of surgery. Surgery seems like the obvious, is that it, the obvious step? It's a major decision, plus there's a long waiting list. 
four years under normal circumstances unless you come in and do the inpatient mm. program. Mm. The inpatient program that Ruth mentions is aimed at people like Joyce, people who have serious mobility problems. It's a way of fast-tracking you for surgery. It's a milk diet, designed because milk has all of the nutrients you need. It's a perfect food. No eating of any kind, which would probably be a shock to anybody's system. You stay in hospital for six weeks, drinking only milk, 1,000 calories made up of seven glasses of low-fat milk a day and one cup of Bovril, with the goal of losing possibly 10% of your body weight. In the last year, I'm always asked the question, are you opting for surgery? I invariably said, well, I'm thinking about it and I'm not so sure and maybe. Um, The way it, it looks to me now, if you took the possibility of surgery away from me, I think I'd be devastated. But surgery isn't a definite. She has to be passed fit by the surgeon. Hello, listener. It is 28 minutes past two in the morning, October the 3rd. I cannot get my head to shut down tonight. Meeting the bariatric surgeon in the morning. I have no small amount of butterflies in my stomach. He will decide whether or not to operate on me. If he decides not to, then I don't know where I'm going to go for hope. I've got to find a way out of this body. Tomorrow's a big day. Thank you. Can I have a quick lift to me? Sure. Jump up there. There'll be no jumping. In the surgeon's <laughs> office, Joyce is examined. Okay. Hold on. Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. That's what okay. I'm yep. yep. Okay. What does that tell you? It tells me how much of dongle wool you have. Right. It tells me how difficult or easy it might be to do an operation. Oh, to get in there? Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> okay, my suit of armour. Yeah, yeah. So on a scale of 1 to 10, am I... Okay, so, all right. Should be doable. Should be doable. Okay, that's good. Some people's abdominal wall is so thick, you can't move the instruments very easily. Oh, wow. I'd say your probably are just about fit. <laughs> Thank you. If there are no other major complications, it looks like Thunderbirds are go for the puncture fatty and see if we can make her skinny operation. That's my words, nobody else's. <laughs> so with the surgeon's positive assessment and a cardiology all clear, the next step for Joyce is the milk diet. I'm on the waiting list. Do you think you have it in you to stick to something like this? If I go through six weeks without eating, I'm not going to want to feck it up by coming home and immediately warding into fish and chips. I'm not saying that I'm going to be a model student in this, but <laughs> I, I, I wish you would. Yeah, no, it's would not going to happen. Would you just once be a model student? <laughs> no, I don't want to be a model. You, you seem kind of buoyant about it. Yeah, I, right? I am. I'm kind of. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm looking forward to it because I think it's going to be an ordeal. I certainly won't quit. Just before Christmas, Joyce gets her appointment to start the in-house six-week milk diet in the new year. Can I bring the stuff in now? Um, I'll take one bag anyway. It's the 2nd of January 2018 and Bernie and I bring Joyce to the hospital in Lachlanstown for day one of the milk diet. It's really bright in here, isn't it? It is. St Anne's ward is really warm with a 1950s corridor in pastel green and the room is spacious with two extra-large hospital beds. And an exercise bike. Hello. Hi. Hi, Joyce. Hello. Welcome. How are you doing? While Joyce settles in and meets the nursing staff, 
Bernie and I talk in her car. I actually at one point felt that Joyce was kind of buoying us buying up a us little up. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah there was a bit of that, yeah. Said, Don't worry, you'll bovine. <laughs> she seems to be really upbeat and positive. I think she's in a good headspace about it. The six weeks will completely change habits. That's if she can stick to it, and I hope she does. She's determined. How are we doing? 11 days into the milk diet and I'm meeting Joyce in the car park of the hospital for an update. She's feeling slightly fluey. After almost two weeks of drinking only liquids, Joyce has lost some weight. I'm going to say the word only because I expected more, but I've only lost two kilos. It seems odd, but sometimes the body behaves like it's gone into famine. And what it does is it locks down. Two kilos is two kilos, so it's gone. Good. Goodbye. I'm happy with it as long as the numbers go down. One of the most important things for Joyce is that she's actually starting to get moving. And I have my little activity monitor on. How many steps have I taken? Only 300. Three, four, five. One, two, three, four, she's five, been to the movement three, class at the three, clinic. Four, five. Other way. Two, three, four, five. I actually got a little bit of a buzz out of doing weights the other day, just just before I got sick. And she's even taking a look at her exercise bike. I'll just give it a spin. Still, I'm doing 36 miles an hour. <laughs> and going nowhere. In week two, she loses another three and a half kilos. So that's five and a half kilos, nearly a stone in total so far. And she shows me her routine in the room. I have my 12 o'clock milk, which I didn't get a chance to drink yet. We tick a little box on a calendar every time we have a milk. Cheers. <sighs> That's not boss. <laughs> Day 21, three weeks into the milk diet, the halfway point, and Joyce tells me how she's been feeling. I think I hit a bit of a, a low last weekend, seeing sandwiches on trolleys that I wouldn't even look at on a normal day going, I wonder if anybody knows if one went missing. And then, like, say, what am I like? But something triggered a bit of a bottom lip quiver and it was just, how am I going to make it through another three weeks of this? Jesus, it's endless, you know. There's no talk of quitting, though. Quitting would also leave her in limbo about surgery and possibly back on that long waiting list. I'm in it to win it. You know, I'm, I'm not here to mess about. I've got to lose this weight. The most likely thing to do if you walk away from something like this is go home and have a big old binge and then feel dreadful. And I can't go down that route. I just can't. And she's had time to coin a new phrase. Food porn. Magazines are full of beautifully composed studio shots of the most mouth-watering food. Food is, it's like sex. It's just one of those things that people like looking at, whether they're having it or not. <laughs> right? Food porn is everywhere. I've actually found myself holding the magazine up so, you know, passing nurse can't see that I'm actually looking at food. That's ridiculous. I'm 57 years old. <laughs> Afraid to look at a picture of a pizza and go, look at you, you beauty. It's kind of bad, isn't it? Week four and I'm parked outside the hospital. There's flu on the wards and infection regulations mean that I have to talk to Joyce on the phone. We've been told 
told that the hospital is in lockdown it means I have no visitors and I'm not so sure if I can leave either. It's just quiet. I'm, I'm doing the best I can. It's not for much longer. I'm just biding the day, trying to slice it up into having a shower, getting dressed, take a little bit of exercise, drinking my milk. And she's trying to stay patient in the face of slow progress and a disappointing way in. I haven't lost or gained anything. So I'm a little bit fed up with that because you think to yourself, if you're just drinking fluids all week, how could you possibly not lose weight? The movement that Joyce has introduced to her day has given her a sense of how things could be. Went for a little bit of a walk and it felt very nice to be outside. So next week I'm going to try and get a little further along, take some outside walks, because if I don't get the movement increasing, the weight loss won't happen. Intend to go to the gallery with you and getting driving again is a big one. Maybe out to Hoth or Dolly Mount or somewhere like that for a bit of a walk. Down to the sea? Yeah, down to the sea. It's the 9th of February and Joyce is into her sixth week. She's ticking off each glass of milk and counting down to her release date. For me, it's mentally a way of, I suppose, what a prisoner might do on the cell wall, you know, striking off each week. So just looking at my little calendar, I have one, two... Three, four, five, six, six more days to go. And then I'm out of here. Hello. Hello. Oh, Jesus. The 16th of February and the milk diet is over. Joyce has been discharged and she and Bernie come over to my house. Come on in, lads. Get that bloody kettle on. She's happy to be out. How are you? Look at you. Look at me. Look at you. Still short. She's lost 12 kilos. That's almost two stone. Anyone for a piece of toast? And eats her first solid food in almost 50 days. She said smirking in my direction. Smirky smirk. There is proper coffee. (laughs) Now, that's for your spoon. Oh God, look, milk. (laughs) It's a significant day for Joyce. An ending. But in some ways, it's not over at all. It's only really beginning. She's stuck with the milk diet and she's given herself the best shot she can at surgery. Three months later, in May, I check in with her. Well, I was a bit of a mess when I came out, thinking, oh my God, I've got to go and have surgery now and how did I ever get into this mess? I imagined that as soon as I came out and started to eat solid food, I'd gain weight. I guess I was kind of depressed about that. It felt like a hard slog, just drinking milk, and I was very pleasantly surprised actually quite shocked to realise that I hadn't gained anything, which was actually a breakthrough for me. And another breakthrough. Do you want to tell me how much you weigh? No. Is that she's now okay to reveal how much she weighed when we started. I weighed in at 158 kilograms. Heaviest I've ever been. With all of her efforts, she's lost a total of 24 kilos, or almost four stone, over the last two years. She's now 133 kilos, just under 21 stone. And she's in good shape for surgery, which is scheduled for this summer. Excitement, yes, but then I have to temper that with the realisation that I'm not going to wake up thin. They're not actually carving away the chunks. (laughs) So I'm actually, the real work starts then. I'll always be hurtable. Somebody calls me a name or is mean or discriminatory towards me. But I think I'm pretty resilient. But then I'm also sitting here talking about going in to have 
serious surgery, having all major organ bypassed because I have learned to cope by eating through my difficulties. Having known Joyce for over 20 years, I've seen how being obese has not just shaped her body, it's shaped her entire life and the way she lives it. Losing weight has, quite literally, allowed her to become someone different. Today's Joyce is a different person to the Joyce I first started recording with two years ago. Surgery will most likely be the next step in her weight loss journey, but for now, Joyce is focused on the work that lies ahead and the prize of a normal life. Do you remember her wishing two years ago that she could go down and paddle in the sea? Well, just a few days ago, she finally made that breakthrough and joined me down at the beach. It's just lovely here. Really peaceful. I could listen to that sea all night. As long as somebody would bring me a bag of chips. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Never again. It's lovely. I'm delighted to be here. Just such a lovely feel. And uh, I don't know when I was last in a place like this in summertime. Gorgeous. Just beautiful here. Someday I'll be swimming in that. <laughs> 